Blog Talk Radio. What's up, world? This is your man, Nick Eden, and I am here with the talk of the town. I know you're going to dig this. Here with the talk of the town. Thank you to the hometown Martinette in Brooklyn, where Bobby Millett and his orchestra are offering a program of that music. Tupac at the club, yo, 
watch those cats, you know, they're kind of bad business. He was like, oh, those them dudes just helped me with this movie I'm in. Uh, allegedly, Jimmy Rosen was one of those cats. Now, um, this guy, uh, Dexter Isaac, on May, 3rd, May 23rd, wrote a note. And um, he says that basically... Uh, Jimmy set the whole thing up. Jimmy, Jimmy Rose and Jimmy Henson, whatever you want to call him, he set the whole thing up. And he also mentioned Puffy in the letter. Now, he didn't say to what extent, but what he did say was that, um, you know, uh, he said, are you going to flake on Puffy on some of their business when your back is against the wall? And he's basically saying that the reason that he's coming out with it now is because the statute of limitations on that actual incident when Tupac was shot is up. So, you know, he, no one can be arrested or anything for that. But this all started from Jimmy Henchman naming this guy as an informant, labeling him a snitch. Now, here's my problem with it, and I would love for all the for all the Tupac fans out there to, to chime in on this. On the Machiavelli album, Tupac said in one of his lines, "Jimmy Henchman set me up." Now we all know this is the album that came out. Um, shortly after Tupac died. But this is the problem. MTV interviewed the Outlaws. You know, that was Tupac's crew. And in this interview that they just had a couple of days ago, the Outlaws said that Tupac knew all along that it was Jimmy Henson that set him up. Now, my problem is with that, a lot of this could have been avoided. And both Tupac and Biggie could have very well still been alive. Because a lot of this whole East Coast, West Coast thing kind of really took off after that incident. It took off after that incident. And so my thing is now, if Tupac knew, and he knew that Biggie didn't set him up, then why the hell would he go through all this big spill and everything? I, I, I really just, it makes me look at him in just a little bit different light now. Like, you knew that he was your own boy. And he, they were saying that because uh, Jimmy Henson was from, to, uh, from Biggie's neighborhood and everything that they were, that they never would have gone down if they were in the West Coast. Damn all that. You knew who set you up. This was the guy that you were rolling with, yet you blame Biggie and Puffy for it. Right. It just makes me look at Tupac in, in a different light now. And it makes me think, okay, was this more about money? Or did he legitimately have a beat? Dude, it, it really and truly, like, it makes me, that whole situation, I look at it a little different now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think about that. Mm-hmm. Man, it, it's, it's a conspiracy, man. I mean, it's, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. Like, like you said, man, Pocket Day probably could have still been alive today. All this whole scenario situation with the East Coast, West Coast probably would have never existed at all. At all, man. And I don't want, I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to blame um, and Tupac said the whole East Coast, West Coast thing because that was something that was bubbling oh. beforehand. But at the same oh. time, he was a big catalyst of it. Right. Somebody else had their hands in it, pushing that, wanting to do that. You know? It's a media thing, man. You got you got two black powerful men at that time, you know, you know influencing the masses. You know what I'm saying? What, you know, what better way to, to add publicity on that? And to make money off that. Because you got to think about it. A lot of newspapers made money. A lot of magazines made money. A lot of news stations made money off of that. 
Mm-hmm. MTV made a hell of a lot of money off of that. Off those interviews they did with Pocket Big. BET. BET. Made a lot of money off Five Magazine. Uh, the the store. Yeah. Yeah. And what did they get for their troubles? They got killed. Right. Ain't right. So I don't know. That's like, and, and, and that's not, that's kind of dealing with our subject tonight, but it's not really, um, like, dead on with the subject. But if you want to discuss that, please give us a call, 718-508-9972. And we can discuss that because, I, I, like I said, I think now that makes me, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for Tupac, and I still have a tremendous amount of respect for him. But that makes me look at him in just a, a, a slightly different light now. Anyway, we'll get, we'll get back to that later. I want to talk about that again. Um, can't ever get there. Now, the sales this week. Uh-oh. What can I say? This is a good week for hip-hop. Okay. I want to tell you why. Because an independent hip-hop artist debuted in the top five on the Billboard 200. He doesn't have a bunch of radio play right now. He never has a bunch of, he doesn't have a bunch of video play. As a matter of fact, he's never been on 106 and Park. He doesn't have a track um, with Roscoe Dash on the hook. His name, if anybody's familiar with this guy, Tech Nine. Familiar with him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, when I tell you guys that Tech Nine is independent, he is independent. Like, it, his company sets his budget. He did 53,000 copies of his new album this week. Independent, the first week out the gate, his last album debuted in the top 20 and it did, I'm sorry, the top 40 and it did 17,000. So he went from one album from going 17,000 to 52,000. I think that is huge for hip hop. And I think that for all these sites out here, these uh, these media takeouts, these allhiphop.com, these world star hip hop, they need to really give this brother props. For cracking the top five, right? That's cr- that's crazy. And the thing about it is, he's good. He's really good. He's not just some run the mill. Just he he's good. You know. So I I think that's something. Like he outsold Katy Perry this week. <laughs> he outsold Bruno Mars this week. You know what I'm saying? He outsold Glee, Taylor Swift. You know. He also Chris Brown this week, Liz Khalifa, Rihanna, Justin Bieber, Nicki Minaj. She also all these people that are, you know, the quote unquote creme de la creme of the music business. So I think that um, I, I think that's a big coup, and I, I really want to really shout out um, Tech Nine on that. Other than that, the sales sucked for the week. Um, <laughs> it's like you get one good one, and then and then the bad ones come up. Um, 
Go ahead. It is what it is. Uh, next week, we can look forward to uh, new albums from uh, Joe Scott. Um, actually, Joe Scott's uh, Hidden Beach album dropped this week. Next week, her new album, The Light of the Sun, is going to drop. Uh, also, Pitbull's new album is going to drop. Uh, Jagged Edge has a new album that's dropping next week. So we're going to see how, how next week's sales figures go in terms of um, in terms of these new albums that are coming out. So it's going to be interesting to see that. But uh, going into our, our topic today, now, I think we have all dealt with this at one point or another. It doesn't necessarily have to be in this particular industry. It can be in almost anything, any form of fashion in life. Crabs in a bucket. I don't know about y'all, but I see crabs in the bucket every single day. Oh, yeah. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm about tired of it, especially in this business. We bring each other down so much. Let me tell you what, because I know for everybody who's been listening the last couple of weeks, you know that we were supposed to be doing our show about the prank call tonight. But I get on Twitter this morning, and um, I got a message. I Actually, somebody followed me. Somebody that said somebody whose name was RMC Bet, and the account I've seen has been deleted because I wanted to read the tweet. But uh, as I always do, I you know I thank people for following me. You know he says you're welcome. Now stop putting out that bullshit that you're putting out and do some real music. And like whoa 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 hold on now. Who's he talking to me? He was talking to me. Oh, 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 man. <laughs> oh. He was talking to me. Now, now, for those of you who, like, really know how I am as an artist, everybody knows and I represent, I represent it as best I can. I'm from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. However, my music started really taking off for me when I moved to Montgomery, Alabama, and that's why I give Alabama... A shout out. That's why I try to rep for both states because I feel like Alabama and Mississippi are two of the states that that don't get enough shine when it comes to the music business. And there's a lot of talent in both states that are, until recently were just really getting looked over. So yeah. I checked this guy's timeline, and he's just he's going in on almost every R&B singer in Alabama, particularly in Montgomery. And he's like, oh, I'm uh, I'm a veteran at this, and I'm, I'm the reason that you guys in Alabama who are able to, to, to do R&B now, and this and that, and this and that. And I'm just like, and, and honestly, he went, he went kind of hard at some people that are good friends of mine that have been out there grinding, doing their thing for years, putting in work, guys like Jay Marsh. Who was a, a talented cat? That's a shout out to Jay Marsh, my little brother, real talented cat. He was trying to go in on him, and I can really say that the fans on Twitter stepped it up and they roasted this cat. They really roasted this cat, you know. So and 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 since then he's he's deleted his account. Uh, we were trying to figure out who it was, but it just made me think about it. You know, it's that crabs in a bucket mentality. Of right. just bringing right. each other down. Right. And my thing right. is this: if you're really a veteran, if you if you're somebody who made it possible for all of this to happen, then why wouldn't you be helping the next generation to take it further than you did? That's right. You know, be a forefather in this. 
And it's not just the older cats. It's some of the cats that are right next to you. They'll sit there and they'll smile in your face. And the whole time, they are waiting for you to turn around so they can stab you dead in the back. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about crabs in a bucket, artists that bring each other down. Now, we're going to tell you, we're going to tell, let you know how you can recognize these kind of cats. We're going to let you know if you're one of these kind of cats. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Some of you might be, you don't know. But tonight we're going to be discussing the unsigned indie artists and some major who spend more time tearing other artists down than working on their craft. Have you ever been a victim of a crab in the bucket? How can you recognize if someone is a crab in the bucket? Are you the crab in the bucket? Do other artists only hate because they're secretly fans? We're going to go into our first song tonight, which is perfectly fitting for this topic and all of the events of today. Okay. This is the OJs with Backstabbers. The Middleman presents Top of the Town with Nick Eaton on Blog Talk Radio.
And that was the OJs with backstabbers. They smile in your face. Bring <laughs> it back there, Buck. Who are we? I'll tell you, man. <laughs> the boys were well, I like to be in the studio with them, man. Just probably up in there just sweating. <laughs> but, <laughs> but dude, that was back in the day when it was it wasn't no punching in. Oh, we gonna we you punching me in right here. We nah. do it. Nah, you did that tape. So by the time that's where them growls came from, because it was like I'm mad. I, I I'm I'm finna I'm finna murder this. Right. I'm mad. Right, gotta get it right. You mess one line up, uh, we got to do the whole song again. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just saying. <laughs> then he probably had Gerald Levert sitting over in the corner. Gerald Levert, you know, four years old, sounding like a grown man. Right. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, if you're just tuning in, this middleman presents Talk of the Town with Nick Eden. Tonight we'll be discussing unsigning any indie artists who spend more time tearing each other down. I'm sorry, tearing each other down than working on their craft. We're talking about crabs in the bucket. Have you ever been a victim of a crab in a bucket? How can you recognize if someone is a crab in a bucket? Are you the crab in the bucket? Do right. other artists only hate because they're secretly fans? We want to hear your opinion on this, so give us a call at 718-508-9972. If you're already listening on the phone, you can hit that number one. We'll bring you right in. And let us know, man, because I, I don't know. This I, I was a little disturbed, disturbed by this one. Y'all got to forgive me. I don't know. I think I've been drinking a little bit. So I'm kind of slurring my work. But clearly I was a victim of a crab in the bucket. Now let's give some examples because some people might not be completely clear on what a crab in a bucket is. If anybody, especially those of us in the South who've been crabbing before, you go and you look, you see the, the crab sitting right there and, and one is trying to climb up and instead of them just like kind of, hey, let's get him over so he can reach back down us all up and we can all get out of this bucket and be free before we all get turned into stuffed crabs. They steady trying to pull him down because they're trying to get out. Find a way to keep right. him from getting to the top because they want to be the one to get to the top. And everybody keeps pulling each other down until eventually everybody dies. They all die off. Right. Which is more often than not the scene in most of these local areas. Now, I'm not talking about on the major level. Even though you have that crab in the bucket mentality on the major level, they just get a lot sneakier with it. But on the on the local level, when we talk about these local artists, we could be talking about anything as far as I put it to you this way. I can remember doing a show, and in the middle of the show, like you know how a lot of times people hang out behind the booth where the DJ is, you know. A couple of people have accidentally tripped some cords up, you know, uh, or, or, right, or right. something. The sound goes out, different things like that. And, and you know me, I'm sorry, I'm I was brought up a little different. I was brought up on a lot of old school artists. So as the mic went out, I'm doing like we did in church. We don't need no music, and I got out there and I sang my ass off. You know, it, it is what it is. But it's like, why even do that? Why even do that? There's something that I like to call building the market. You have to support those in your local area. You have to show, you have not just for them, not to make them feel better about themselves, but to show that the local music can sell there. There is, there is a market for that music. Right. 
prime example. Like I said before, I haven't lived in Montgomery, Alabama for about five years now. But best believe, everyone who comes out of that area that is an R&B singer, and they put out an album, a single, whatever, I bought every last one of them. Every last one of them. Because I understand the importance of building the market. That's right. So more people see that it's viable to put to, to put artists out from this area, the more artists are going to get on. Because the first one that gets on, if they get out and they do well, mm-hmm. this industry looks for, they, they're, they're a bunch of copycats. Nobody's really innovative like that. So they're like, well, That's let's right. hide that area. Let's go here and let's find somebody else. Well, let's find this person. Let's find this person. Prime example, Houston, Texas. Yep. You remember the big, yep. that, that, that last big boom in Houston. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But a lot of them artists did not deserve deals. I'm just saying. <laughs> now it was some people. It was some people there that deserved a lot of. I'll put it to you this way. And uh, some people don't like this cat personally, but I love his music. I think that Zero should have gotten a lot more promotion. Hell yeah. Than about half the other cats that came out. Hands down. During that whole time. Hands down. Hands down, man. You know. But that's a whole other topic <laughs> for a whole other show. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. From the hip hop aspect, Al, you you can probably you know talk on this a little bit better than I can. But from the hip hop aspect of it, how has that crab in the bucket mentality affected you or affected people that you know? For one, you got a lot of people. Everybody wants the spotlight. Everybody wants to shine. Everybody wants to be like I'm the leader. I'm the best out the group, or I'm the best out of the area. So you got that mentality, like you know, well. Uh, I'm better than them, so I'm not going to support them. Or they think they better than me, you know, just because they ain't me at the club last week. So I'm not going to um, support them, so F them. You know, that, that's not correct. So, of course, they're going to do things to try to get the people who are following them not to follow you know, those people who they probably already following those other people. But they're going to try to, like, do things to make people not to follow them. They're going to talk about them on their you know what I'm saying? On a records, on the slide note. You know what I'm saying? They don't try to start neighborhood type beats. You know, things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, and, and like, it happened to me. Like, you know, I was in a group before, like, with five other dudes. And you have, I had um, these two particular dudes. You know, they really just couldn't get along with each other, pretty much. Because one, both of them thought that they were better than each other. You know what I'm saying? But really, they were good in their own lane. Because one of them rapped like he was from, you know, East Coast. The other one rapped like, you know what I'm saying, he was, uh, you know, from Texas or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But um, both of them hated each other. And guess what? The beat was over. The beat what? was over. A beat. They got mad because one came in and chose the beat before the other one came in and chose the beat. You know what I'm saying? It's all about first come, first third basis for what I thought. And so... One of them tried to put the other one down, and, you know, the other one tried to put that one down, and it just, everything just went haywire after that, man. Nothing worked right at all, you know what I'm saying, with that particular group, so. But, I mean, like, it it happens all the time. I mean, like, beasts within groups, beasts within labels, you know what I'm saying? But just like the beast with uh, Gucci Man and Jeezy, you know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell was that? You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, the beast with uh, Jeezy and Rick Ross. You know, both of them were on Def Jam. Def Jam was not going to let that happen. Come on now. Oh wait. Well, uh, it, 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 my thing about it, more more 
more on the independent level, more on the local level. Everybody is trying to to get to a certain point, you know. And my thing is, there's strength in numbers. And I, I, I always look at it like this: say, look, if you're good at this, but I'm not good. Let's say I might be a person. Let's say I'm a rapper, and I'm good at making hooks, but I can't do verses for shit. But you got the lyrics over here. Now this person. This camp, they have a better producer over in this camp. So he makes right. some good stuff. I make good hooks. This person over here from this camp, he's better lyrically. You got this person over here that's better about getting out in the streets and getting out and promoting stuff. You got this person that's here that's better at talking in the corporate sense and can go talk to, to the radio stations and retail and things like that. Wouldn't it make more sense for everybody to just come together and strengthen numbers, show some unity? Of course. Why is everybody trying to pull each other down? I mean, mean, like I said, because people want to be numero uno. They want to be the star. They want to be the leader. They want to be the person all in the spotlight. Instead of having a group effort, they want to, you know what I'm saying, do it on the individual level. Forget everybody else. I I want me for me. But more often than not, you don't get on. That's I think that's my biggest thing about it. More often than not, you don't get on. So it's like, why? Right. What, what's? I don't know. This, this is this is something. I, I mean, like, what can you? But you know what? You know who pisses me off more? More than the people who are just outwardly crabs in the bucket. It's the ones that's in your own camp. The ones that get in mm-hmm. your face every day. Yep. And you know, we're going to let you know how to spot one of these guys in your own camp. Because more often than not, you ever be around a person, and this is just in life, you ever be around a person and you tell them something like, oh, well, man, I'm about to go do this. I'm about to go back to school or so I can get better at this. Or I'm about to go out and I'm about to work this job in the next. The first thing they're going to say is, oh, here we go. Man, whatever. You ain't going to do nothing. You gonna do- That's a potential crap in the bucket. Yes, sir. I have a potential grab in the bucket. Now, you may take it as, oh, they just joking around, but no, you need to watch them. Mm-hmm. You need to watch them. Because that's a potential grab in the bucket. Another scenario. You may have somebody that uh that you're actually working on an active project with. And just like you said a little earlier, let's say y'all rap, y'all doing a verse. And you go in there, you come out the booth, you did your verse, they go in, and all of a sudden, you hear a couple of little slight jabs. You're like, damn, if I didn't know any better, if I didn't know any better, I think you were talking about me. Right. Another example? Right. Crabs in the bucket. Right. Crabs in the bucket. Like, and right. and the, the crazy thing about it is, those are the people that will be with you the whole time. Everywhere you go, they're right there. But the whole time they're plotting to stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. And that's just crazy to me. Like, honestly, like with that situation a little earlier, like I was talking about with, with the guy on Twitter. Like I said, he's yep. going in on a lot of these different artists. And I'm sitting here and I'm going through them. And I'm like, I'm looking at all his tweets and I'm just like, well, damn. The way he's talking, he's talking like he knows something about everybody. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, 
you must be a fan. As a matter of fact, I told him that. You know, for you to sit there and try to break me down and try to eat, Al, when I tell you, this dude, was he went from just saying a general statement about me doing bullshit music to saying, right. to naming one of my albums, to talking about me actually moving to Atlanta. I'm like, homie, you got to be a fan. Oh yeah, for him to know all that. <laughs> for you to know all that, you got to be a fan. Like I said, he, he, he you know, he, he go at my, at my little homie Jay Marsh, like, oh, you can sing, but your music is garbage. I'm like, so you taking the time to listen to all this dude's music? You got to be a fan. Oh yeah, we got a caller that want to get in on the conversation. Get this caller okay. right quick. You live on the Middleman Talk Show three three four area code. Yo, what's up, man? It's your man Fell Five. What's good, people?
it's it's a, it's a it's a club record, you know. I knew that they were gonna have more of a, a club kind of sound. They did most of the album in Atlanta, but um, it's a club record. And something told me to go check this other group's page. And this other group, you know, just I'm talking about right on time. Well, we guess the champions fell off. So who is that lead next? Us. Right. And I'm just, wow. I'm like, come on, man. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with competition. It's just like we said last week. You know, in hip-hop, there's a lot of competition. Even if you go back to the old Motown days, Barry Gordy used to have to where it would be the, the Temptations against the Four Tops. You yeah. know? Yeah. But it was just, it was a show. And it, what it did was it actually made the show and made it a lot more enjoyable for the fans. So there's nothing wrong with competition. But when you're just intensely pulling somebody down, and I mean, I think that artists, especially those who just, they pull each other down, if they spent as much time tearing someone else down as they did devoting to their own craft, then they might be a little bit better off. Prime example, like this guy. Now, I did check, like I said, I just checked again just to make sure. He's deleted the Twitter. All the tweets are gone. I can't find them on Twitter. So... I, 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 don't, I don't know what happened. But if this guy was really a veteran, an R&B veteran, as he would say, one, why aren't you working on your craft and working on a comeback? Or why aren't you, just like Phil was saying, pulling some of these artists to the side? If you really are a veteran, if you really did pay this way for somebody, then why not say, hey, look, I think this will help your craft out. I think this will help you out a lot better. Don't you think that it would make more sense for you as the artist to help the next artist because once again you're building the market like I said I support every, and I haven't lived like I said I haven't lived in Montgomery in five years I still support every single artist there Tosh Couture Alicia LaRue uh, Dave Marsh all of that so five I still support everybody there because at the end of the day we're all trying to get to a certain point do look at some of these artists now some of these artists that are that are legends in this business they've known each other forever Think about if everybody at Motown was trying to tear each other down. Now, you have some crab in the bucket mentality at Motown, yes. But, they might not have gotten anywhere with that. Oh, yeah. Right. And then on top of that, that that are started within hip-hop and within R&B, they start because there's a sense of unity there. There's a sense of, you know what, I may not be your biggest fan, but we rocking this together, and so since we all trying to get on, we're gonna make sure that we all do it. We all come out with big numbers. We all come out strong, so that we can all have careers. Now, exactly. prime example: everybody from the original Cash Money, with the exception of UNLV, <laughs> everybody from the original Cash Money record uh, group, they they all have had like individual shots at being on, getting their time in the spotlight. You know. They had their little issues. They had their little issues. But I see this much, with the exception of Turk, they're all a lot better off than they would have been yeah. had they just been some regular crab in the barrel ass nigga stuck in New Orleans. Yeah. I don't understand what happened to Turk, man. I like Turk. A lot I, of people I don't, did. Know. I don't know what happened to them either. Y'all were the only yeah, ones who liked I, I just, I'm joking. I like Turk too. I like Turk too. <laughs> I, think I didn't. I didn't. I didn't understand why his album didn't do as well as everybody else. Well, of course, promotional wise, they didn't do crap with it. But like, he had some good songs on there to me. Some real good songs on there. You know, there's, but there's a difference between a good song and a hit song. 
I mean, that, 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 that's true. That is true. I, I, I do understand that. I do. But, you I know, it, it's just, it's, and it may have been one of those situations where it was maybe the crab in the bucket mentality might have started to really set in for him by then. Because you got to think. Think about this. It's 2011. Yeah. Ten years ago, Junior was the hottest thing on the, on the label. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody but on that label had their chance on the to shine. Yeah, but, but but the hardest person on the label then, in my opinion, CG. Oh yeah, definitely. But if you but if you look at it like this, Kirk was really yep. the last one to come out on the solo tip. So it may have been yep. a situation because well, you know people get to a certain level and they kind of don't want. And that's the other thing about being a crab in the bucket. You don't always have to be at the bottom of the bucket. Sometimes you can be the one that's closest to the top. Yeah, because they'll want to hold somebody yeah. down. Yeah, to make sure that they maintain that position, and that may have very well happened with Turk. You had, you had Juvie, you had Wayne, you had BG, who were all at that point. You know, they were, you know, the 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 more well known. They were popular. They were very popular. And you had Turk, who was kind of like the one that was kind of he was kind of the laid back one out of the crew. And it was kind of like, well, you know, he got a good album, but we're trying to keep this top spot. We got to buy some more albums. I got to make some more gold records. I got to buy, because it's not like they were getting rolled to check some baby. Oh. <laughs> oh. And so, oh. it's just one of those things. And that just goes to show that the crap in the bucket mentality does not stop at just the local level. Now, when we get back from our next break, we're going to talk about do other artists only hate because they're secretly fans? We're gonna get into our next song. We're gonna get into our next song. This is kind of the this is, this is for those sneak diss and crabs in the bucket cats out there. This is Houdini with friends. Oh, yeah. How many of us have them? It's the Middleman presents Talk of the Town with Nick Eaton on Block Talk Radio.
When we first went out together, we barely knew each other. We had no intentions on becoming lovers. But in no time at all, you became my girl. Me and you, one-on-one, against the world. Talking on the telephone for hours at a time. And else I was at your house, and you was at mine. And then came the arguments and all kinds of problems. Besides making love, we had nothing in common. It couldn't last longer, because it started out strong. But I guess we went about the whole thing wrong. Cause out of nowhere, it just came to an end Because we became lovers before we were friends Friends That was Houdini with friends. How and you played the extended version of it. Huh? You played the DJ Easy Rock extended version, did you? If you guys are just tuning in, this is the Middleman Presents Pop of Town with Nick Eden. And tonight we were discussing crabs in a bucket, artists who bring each other down. Have you ever been a victim of a crab in a bucket? How can you recognize if someone is a crab in a bucket? Are you the crab in a bucket? And our last question of the day, do other artists only hate because they're secretly fans? That's a good question. I know a lot of people that get hated on. And the funny thing about it is the people that hate on them know everything about them. Yep. Were you not hugged enough as a child? Did your mommy not tell you that you were handsome or that you were pretty? 
Probably didn't. Did they put your face into the lockers? Damn. Damn. Did they flush your hair in the right urinals? Right after they Not got the urinals. Like, what, 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 what inspires that person to just, to, to, to hate like that and to, and to be such a crap? Oh, yeah. I don't want to see you do anything with your life. I ain't necessarily doing anything with my life. So I'm not going as hard as I can go. Right. But I sure don't want to see you get it. I wonder why that is. Sweet mercy. I'm not going to tell y'all what I just saw. Um, But anyway. Yeah, this whole crap in the fucking mentality. And, and where does it get us? This is the thing I want to know. Where does it get us? It gets us absolutely nowhere. Because you know who's suffering right. in the midst of all of this? Your fans. Mm-hmm. Your fans. Yep. They suffer in the midst of all of this. Because they want to be Go ahead, I'm sorry. People like that, Nick, they don't care. Just greed. That's all they want. Greed and more greed. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, like I said earlier, man, like they want spotlight. If they see somebody you know, a selling tool like the next level or a better level than, than which they are. They get grief. They want what they got. Have deep. So of course, I mean that that's where it comes from, man. Grief, man. You know who um you, you know who is someone who is the exact opposite of what a crap in the bucket is? Is this a guy actually lifts a lot of people up and I re- I've always admired him. Killer Mike. I remember um, right. when right. I was working yeah. for uh, KO, and I had mm-hmm. to do this conference that KO was speaking at, and I, I remember it specifically because it was like everybody that I had just got to be talking with that week was all on the panel. Uh, Jason Jeter, he was on the panel. Clay from Grand Hustle, he was on the panel. Killer Mike, mm-hmm. KO, um, it was a lot of people, DJ Toon, and I remember, you know, for the most part, anybody who ever goes to these conferences know you can hear a lot of blah, 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 blah. It's turned into a lot of BS. But he said something that really struck a chord with me. He was talking about that. Do you remember when Bone Fresher came out with Never Scared? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you remember at the time, at that time, Killer Mike was the most established artist on that track. I had come yep. out with I'm Serious, but it wasn't really, it, it, it didn't grab everybody commercially like it should have, because I'm being funny, that was one of his best albums. Bone Crusher was a brand new artist, the one who was yep. the, oh, we got to get Killer Mike on this record because people know who Killer Mike is, he was the most established yep. one. Yep. And yep. now, his career took a decisively, you know, different pattern than T.I. did. Of course, you know, T.I. went on to to become a huge star in hip-hop and, you know, make his way into film and, and all those other things. But um, I remember Killer Mike saying that uh, it was like, he could, it could, it was the easy thing would be to hate on T.I. Right? That's the easy thing. He was like, what he had to do is realize that right now, in terms of it, in terms of this business, in terms of him putting out hits, he's better than me. So instead of me hating on him, instead of me trying to pull him down, 
Let me learn what I can from him. Let me watch him and see what he did. Let me incorporate it into what I do and see if it makes me a better man. A better man. Subsequently, um, Mike actually has a joint venture with Grand Hustle. Now, mind you, he has his own distribution set up through Universal, but um, he partnered with Grand Hustle just to kind of help, you know, propel him that just that much more, you know. And I think if a lot more artists took that mentality, their pockets would be looking a lot better. You know, it's easy to keep someone's success and hate on them. Or try to do what you can to pull them down. Let me talk bad about them behind their back. Let me let me talk to them. I've had I've had other artists say I don't want to do a, um, a show with Nicki. Because the last time we got, and I'm sorry, I'm I'm a very competitive person. It's just my nature. If you get on a show with me, I'm gonna try my best to bust everybody's ass on the show. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it in a disrespectful way. I'm not gonna pull no Cat Williams type thing and, and you know, you know, try to diss everybody. But I'm gonna come out there and I'm gonna get my absolute best performance. Now if you just kill a performance and uh, hey, it just is what it is and we just made the performance that much better for the people who pay their money to come to Right. But I am gonna try to bust your ass on the stage. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, I performed with people like Fell Five. Y'all tell y'all something right now. Y'all wanna see a beast on stage? You see that dude up there on that stage and you tell me who's a beast. You know, I, when you perform around people who constantly make it's just like I said on Twitter the other day. If you're the best person in your circle, you need to change your circle. You have to challenge yourself. So yeah, it's easy to go ahead and hate on somebody and try to bring them down, but why not try to uplift them? Find out what they're doing that for whatever reason, at that moment, they're just a little bit better than you. For whatever reason. It may be timing. It may be whatever. But take that time to learn what it is. See what you can learn from them. Now, I'm not talking about jacking their style. I'm not talking about stealing from them. I'm talking about see what you can learn from them. Watch what it is that they do. Ask them questions. Hey, how did you get that reaction out of the crowd? I've seen shows where the dude that's all muscle-bound and cut up, he gets up there, and he just looks all stiff. He can't really get the ladies into it because he just, it just looks horrible. And then I've seen the dude that outweighs him by another 150 pounds get up there and bring the house down. Right. Now, does that mean he got to go on Facebook or go on Twitter? Say, man, that's that dude. He ain't that. No. Learn. What did you do to bring the crowd down? I think that's what will make us better. And not just in the music business, in society in general. No. I want to thank everybody that tuned in to Middlemen Present Talk of the Town with Nick Eaton tonight. Join us next Thursday. As a matter of fact, join us this Sunday. Um, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central. I have a great show for you. It's going to be all four of us. You know, back in the house again. Jen, Jen is going to be there. She counted this bid on us last week. She's going to be back. Back to full effect. Then tune right in. We'll be right back here next Thursday. Maybe this time Kev will show up. I don't know what happened. <laughs> he was like, I got to take a call. I'm step outside for a second. I'm looking out there. The car is gone. Yeah. Right. Oh, and if you get a chance, yeah, anybody in the Atlanta area, you can, um, if, if you want to catch some good music tonight, Kiki White is having her album release party. It's at Justin's. 
Uh, the admission is free before 11 o'clock. So make sure that you get there before 11. I'm going to tell you right now, this is the same group that put on Kelly Price's album release party last month, and it was packed. So go ahead and get there. Do not leave the house at 1015. Think you're going to get in there early because you're going to pay at 11 o'clock. I'm just saying. Also, uh, this week, this coming Monday, I will be a uh, guest host once again on On The Rise Radio, um, Our Voices Show, the show dedicated to independent R&B artists. So if you want to, just go ahead and check me out. I'll be there from 9 to 10 Eastern Time. And that's blogtalkradio.com slash forward slash on the rise radio. Al, what you got coming up this week, man? Then you got some videos you're working on. Yeah, I'm working on uh, a few videos in the making. I got some ideas that I'm creating for. I'm starting to do a uh, internet web series. And um, so I'm working on that now. And I'm also, uh, also writing a movie script, man. And um, hopefully to uh, start filming maybe late August, early September. Uh, you know, I'm going to do the whole shebang, man. Uh, Can I get a part in the movie? I'm just saying, you know, I've been, I started acting before I was singing. Uh, well, Nick, uh, yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, we can definitely do that, man. If not, man, I think we can get you on the uh, you that, internet that website. Oh, I have in the balance. What is that? What is that, man? Come on now. Yeah, I think we can work something out, man. You know, have my people, call your people, and, uh, you know, we'll definitely do that, man. Oh, you are my people. What you talking about? <laughs> hey, I think I may have felt want to come back in and say something, man. Phil, man, you got something to say, man? Hey, man, I want to part in the movie, too. <laughs> I know people get on me all the oh, time yeah. because I don't talk about a lot of hip-hop. I'm an R&B cat. I'm sorry. That's why I got, uh, that's why I usually have uh, Al on here with me because Al can bring me that hip-hop vibe. So he always comes through and shows, he shows a lot of love on the hip-hop vibe. So we're going to have a hip-hop sure. show. And actually next week we're going to play that record. I'm telling you guys right now, when you get oh, yeah. a chance, go to Felt Five. That's S-E-L-T-S-I-D-E. Bandcamp.com. Download his new mixtape. I'm telling you. Channel 5 like It's going to be one of the best hip hop projects And you're going to be able to ride to this joint I'm just saying Yep, you will like it You, you will, will like, like it. it I guarantee it If you don't like yep. it We'll give you your money back Even though it's free I'm just saying <laughs> you <will die. laughs> Thank you guys ever, ever so much for tuning in To Talk of the Town with Nick Eden We will see you this Sunday On the Middleman Talk Show With KG, Al, myself, and Jen Go ahead and hit us with that outro We out people Shouted, beat Chris shouted. Yeah. Now I ain't sure what you was tuning in to. We'll pay attention to the real talk. What we here for? Go take a listen time. I take a minute. Shout in and learn some. Put your mind to grind the world. You destined to earn some. Linda, yeah. Comment on what you hear. Let's figure out the master plan and put this thing in gear. Don't matter if you hood or you corporate. Don't get you got a wheel to do way better than you were doing. Well, then you fortunate. Take a stand. Stop complaining about what you ain't. 
got hating on the next man Cause he was down the wreck shop Every Sunday tune in, go live 6 p.m. Blog Talk Radio.com The middle me Hey, what's happening? The middle me Hey, what's happening? The middle me Hey, what's happening? Blog Talk Radio.com The middle me Yo Oh yeah Yeah you know I use uh, my show as therapy, right? I think I just walk in on the scene from dead presidents. I'll explain it later. But, <laughs> well, the stuff that happens, I'm going to write a book called I Can't Make This Shit Up. <laughs> Do it, man. I don't understand Do the things that happen to me on a day-to-day basis. If I had a video, if I could just see what I see. <laughs> Do it. Hilarious. We'll see you guys this Sunday. And I definitely want to appreciate it because we're running up, we're up actually about to run up on our six-month mark for Talk of the Town with Nick Eaton. And I want to thank everybody who's been riding with me, riding with Al and with the middlemen this entire time we've been doing this. Middlemen has been on the air for over two years now. And we're going to try to keep getting bigger and better every week. We're going to start bringing in some more guests. I'm telling you, we 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 appreciate that you guys are riding with us. So we're gonna try our best to give you everything that we got. Right. And with that, I'm out. I'm about to make some chicken wings. About to make some lemon pepper wings. I'm about to. Yeah. I'll holler y'all later. Peace.